0: This is Express FM.
1: Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey.
0: It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a- Pure, unadulterated Pompey.
1: When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would
2: be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so so happy to be a part of this this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special, is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club.
0: This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaks a lot long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship.
3: It was a Boxing Day Flemish for the Blues away at Bristol Rovers. Oh,
0: a chance for Bristol Rovers here and it's loose and it's going to be put in. And Bristol Rovers have won it in the dying seconds.
3: Late heartbreak for Pompey at the Memorial Stadium as Luke Thomas snatches all three points for the hosts right to the death. John Massinho's side remained top of League One but have had their lead to second cut down a little bit more following the collection of just one point from the last two games. We'll be hearing what the gaffer had to say after Tuesday's match between now and seven.
2: I think we deserved at least a point and uh, when we did get the equaliser I thought we looked the more likely team to score. Full
3: reaction to that loss and to look ahead to the next as the games come thick and fast for sides in the EFL. Extra City await the Blues at St James' Park tomorrow night for the final game of 2023 for both sides. And John Massino will feature not once, but twice this evening, providing us also his own preview of tomorrow's game and why the tight festive schedule
2: can be a blessing, especially when you're trying to hunt down a win. If you lose a game like we did on Tuesday, the best thing to do is to have another game really quickly to put everything right. And that's uh, the beauty of fixture um, schedule in England over this uh, Christmas period.
3: And ahead of tomorrow night's match, we want to hear from you, Pompey fans. Where did the Blues fall short on Boxing Day? Are you making any changes for the trip to Exeter? And are you concerned about the current form or confident this will be just a small bump in the road? Get in touch via text. It's 81400. Start your messages with the word EXPRESS. You can email sport at expressfm.com. On Twitter, use at expressfm. Visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live or download and reach us through the Express FM app. Well, thank you for joining us. You're listening to Express FM on a Thursday night and a day earlier than normal. This is the Football Hour.
0: This is the Football Hour
3: on Express FM. Good evening and welcome along to the show, which is this season driven to you by Stagecoach across the South. Head on over to stagecoachbus.com for more information. On the way this evening, reaction to Pompey's Boxing Day bout with Bristol Rovers, a look ahead to the final game of 2023 away at Exeter and much, much more, including two separate interviews with head coach John Messinio. Kirsty, Roxanne and Tom Malley are waiting patiently to be brought into the conversation. But before we do that, let's remind ourselves of how it all went down for the Blues just two days ago. Andy Moon and Guy Whittaghan were out of the Memorial Stadium, where John Massinio made one change from beside but started in last Saturday's one all draw with Fleetwood of Fratton. Gavin White coming in for Paddy Lane, who dropped to the
1: bench.
0: Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal!
1: Every second of the action is right here.
0: Chilton scores!
1: 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary.
0: He's gone! This is... Live. Face on the left-hand side, if Collins could look up and see him. He does now, and Bale is in behind on the left. Early cross, looking for Marquis! Oh, what a save by Norris! And shot as he completes the clearance behind for a corner. Compy coming forward. Rafferty's on the overlap. Kamara tried to set Rafferty away to the dead ball line. Cross in the middle, looking for Bishop. Bishop's head, a good save. In it comes, headed on, and it's gone past everyone. And not in the net. And I'm not quite sure how Collins doesn't turn that in from a yard out but he's missed it and it's a goal kick and Pompey get away with 1-0-0 Varela led off to Rafty Rafty in the box across the face of goal and throwing himself in there was Bishop who just couldn't get on the end of it and Bristol Rovers survived oh that's not a good defensive header from Portsmouth and it's off the bar from Bristol Rovers a left-footed volley it was Bishop back who gave the ball away in his own area could have just let it go behind 40 yards out Rafferty will hit one, and he puts it over the bar. where a go. Here comes the effort. Chips into the back of the net, and Bristol Rovers have taken the lead from a set piece. Dipped over the wall, into the top corner. It's Bristol Rovers 1, poor 0. now. to get a ball into the box. It's dangerous. A bishop ball to the ground and lays. Should get a penalty, Lane, think, should put it yeah. in the net, and neither do, and it's still 1-0. And they could be in here, and Paddy Lane with the chance, and Paddy Lane with the goal! Poppy do get level, and Lane says, let's go again! We've still got time! Another late goal conceded by Bristol Rovers! Fine finish into the bottom corner from Paddy Lane, made by Pack. Bristol Rovers won, Ports won, and it comes from Pack, deep towards the far post. Bristol Rovers should win the header loose in the six-yard ball! wide and away. How's that not got in? To Marlon Pack. To Sadie. Christian Sadie wide. Oh, there's a chance for Bristol Rovers here and it's loose and it's going to be put in. Portsmouth, unbeaten run, on the road, comes to an end. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey live on
3: Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, the highlights from Tuesday's 2-1 defeat away at Bristol Rovers for Pompey. Elsewhere in League 1, Leighton Orient 1-0 victors at home to Charlton Athletic. Burton Albion beating Blackpool by a goal to nil. Cheltenham Town 2, Shrewsbury nil. Exeter, tomorrow's opponents 1, Wickham Wanderers nil. More on that result and what that means for the Grecians later in tonight's show. Fleetwood 1, Carlisle United 1, Lincoln City nil. Bolton 1, Oxford United 2, Cambridge United 1, Peterborough 2, Reading 1, Port Vale 2, Barnsley 3, Stevenage 3, Northampton Town 0, Wigan Athletic 0, Derby County 1. So despite being defeated on Boxing Day, only the second loss of this season for Pompey, uh, we have now reached the halfway mark of the 2023-2024 campaign. The Blues remain top of League One, still with a four-point cushion to second place. Peterborough United, Pompey, have 49 points on the board after 14 wins, seven draws and two defeats. Peterborough 45 points as the Bolton Wanderers third, 45 points on the board. They, however, have a game in hand. Derby County, Oxford United and Stevenage, who Pompey play on New Year's Day, make up the playoff positions. Down at the bottom, Carlisle United Fleetwood, Cheltenham Town and Reading are in the relegation zone. Um, as we head into the final match of 2023, Exeter City, tomorrow evening's opponents in 20th position. Their first win on Boxing Day since mid-September. But alongside us to talk uh, all about the Boxing Day defeat at Bristol Rovers, and I wish we didn't have to, Kirsty Roxanne, you were there at the Memorial Stadium Um I don't envy you, and I don't envy any of the Pompey <laughs> fans travelling. And I, 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 I do miss it. I, I don't like, I don't like missing Pompey games. But it, it, wasn't the best, was it? Let's just start off with that.
4: No, it was, it was very flat, to be honest. From, from a, from a Pompey game, and even like as an away fan, you expect to go and sing the whole way through. And there's just the whole atmosphere was just a bit flat. And I do think it was because what we were seeing on the pitch wasn't what we were expecting. I know you can't expect anything from League One, but from having the games at Northampton and having Bolton at home on Sky Sports and the way we played against them, and then we thought Fleetwood might have been a blip, but with Bristol Rovers as well, it just wasn't how we should be playing. So, yeah, it was a bit it was a bit flat.
3: <laughs> a little bit flat. Uh, Tom Malley also alongside us this evening. Tom, good evening to you, sir.
5: Good evening, mate. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, doing really well, thank you, Tom. Hopefully a bounce back for the Blues tomorrow where extra. That's a match we're going to come on to preview later in this evening's show. But as we've just been sort of highlighting there the Boxing Day defeat to Bristol Rovers came after that uh, flat one-all draw with Fleetwood at Fratton Park last Saturday. And you did kind of hope that Fleetwood game was just a little bit of a bump in the road and that there'd be a response away at Bristol Rovers. A side who, very mid-table, prior to kick-off, they'd won seven, drawn seven, lost seven, scored 28 and conceded 28, uh, as as equal as you can get in League One. Um, But Pompey didn't provide that response, and it is very... It's is such a shame because it's very typical Pompey as well, isn't it, to go and beat Bolton Wanderers like they did and, and provide that response to that Blackpool defeat just to then go and lose to Bristol Rovers.
5: Yeah, it is, absolutely. Um, I, I, I won't lie, I, w- I was optimistic about this Bristol Rovers game and I was shocked that, that we lost. I think that's that's the confidence instilled in me by this team this season, um, which which I guess is, is, a, is a good thing, obviously. But, yeah, I, I think because of the Fleetwood result, it definitely emphasises it, um, makes the defeat worse. I think until we know tomorrow's result, I'm not sure if we can call it a blip just yet. I think if we win tomorrow, just like the Blackpool game, it'll be very quickly forgotten. Um, I think if we fail to win tomorrow, then yeah, I think alarm bells might start ringing for sure. Do you
3: agree with that, Uh, Kirsty? There are many concerns, as you'd expect, on social media after, after a defeat like that, but is it just one of those things but again you, you've got to wait till tomorrow's result at extra i guess but is it something that the, the team in particular have to just put behind them and ensure it doesn't get on their backs and in their minds too much so that they can go to extra and just play the way they had done prior to the last two matches to try and get back on track
4: yeah they massively need to put it behind them um obviously with Fleetwood and extra very at the bottom like we're looking at relegation zone wise um their matches that We should be winning at the top end of the league and bristol rovers they're just a classic league one side and well i mean playing against bristol away like loads of teams have loads of teams been defeated by them at their home ground so yeah, I think they just need to put it behind them and just think that Exeter's a completely different game and really end this year on the high because we can't be going through another like Christmas where we drop the points like we seem to do every year. It's just, it can't happen this year. We came back after after Blackpool, so we've got to come back after this one. Mm-hmm.
3: Scott Turnbull on Twitter saying we simply need to forget about this blip and get behind the lads. If the support turns for the worst, I guarantee the performances will get worse too. Back the team through this time, starting on Friday, we're still top. We've just lost the advantage we built up the Blues, Scott Turnbull on uh, on Twitter there, and it is key to remember as well, um, Tom, that Pompey are still top of League One with a four-point cushion to second place. Peterborough and Bolton in third, despite their game in hand, that still would keep Pompey provisionally top if they were to win that game in hand. Um, so, yes, it's frustrating. We've been defeated and only picked up one point either side of Christmas, but... That is a massive testament as well to the the, the, the great work that John Mousinho and his side have done prior to that Fleetwood game to be able to build up that cushion to ensure that if a little blip like that does come around, you've got those points to fall back on.
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, th- that's that's exactly the way you can look at it. I mean, yeah, it was our first league defeat uh, away this season, so realistically we can't have too many complaints i think what's probably made it worse is is the the level of opposition we've we've uh we've dropped those points to lost that game to. i think if that was a way to bolton peterborough someone else in the top six um we might be able to accept it more easily, but because it's against someone like Bristol Rovers, I think that makes it harder for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's been a it's been an outstanding season, as we know. Um, I, I I just think the PTSD for everyone of not getting out of this league uh, <laughs> comes back very swiftly as soon as we have a little blip like this. So things are potentially maximised a bit, but I mean, yeah, we. we uh... We've all been through this before, so I don't think we can be um, blamed for thinking the way we are at the moment. Mm. This is the third time Pompey have been top of League One at
3: Christmas over the past seven years since, of course, that promotion from League Two in 2017 the previous two times as i'm sure you're all aware have not ended in promotion which is a rarity for sides in league one so the blues will be hoping this is third time lucky this season for them right let's get the assessment of john moscinio now speaking after the game
1: to andy moon john obviously heartbreaking in the end what's your, your assessment of that today
2: Yeah, a real hammer blow to concede that late on uh, i think especially after the, the effort that we put in the, over the 95 minutes you know I, I think we deserved at least a point and uh, when we did get the equaliser I thought we looked the the more likely team to score. We had chance after chance in their box and we just couldn't quite put the ball in the back of the net. There were some disappointing aspects of the performance after half-time um, which we obviously have to address but uh, you know, apart from that uh, there's not a huge amount to, to fault there, probably apart from game management towards the end.
1: Uh, yeah, You go behind and then you make those changes and it really did seem to change. What was, changed the game, what was the thinking behind it?
2: I just thought we—I thought we were fine in the first half. We we controlled the game, and it's always tough to come away to places like this on Boxing Day and um, and get into the game. So we controlled it pretty well without really creating a huge amount. But um, I thought that was more due to the, the lack of quality that we had in the final third, than rather than the fact that we didn't get the ball in the final third. And then, uh, you yeah, know second half we just couldn't quite get a foothold in the game. And we made a couple of rash decisions, I thought, that, that led to them getting the upper hand and got the crowd on side. Uh, so, yeah, it just felt like it was it was one where we wanted to get the attacking players on the pitch and we obviously ended up doing that, um, getting the, the three centre-forwards on Paddy and Abu um, either side and, um, you know, obviously had the shape change. I, I didn't necessarily think it was the shape change, but probably just a bit more momentum that we got into the game, um, attacking players, going forward, doing the right things and got back in the game really really deservedly and, and you know, when, when, we, uh, when we equalised, I thought they were the more likely side to win the game. Uh,
1: the challenge for morale for the free
2: kick, is that one he has to make or is he better off letting him go? I can understand why he's made it. I just think I haven't properly seen that back, but it seemed at the time like uh, Collins had taken his touch inside, maybe into our players, and, and we sort of dealt with the break at that time. So, yeah, one of those. Again, you don't expect him to put it in the top corner from there, but... Uh, players have got good quality at this level, so that was that was one we'll, we'll have to have a look at.
1: And um, Paddy Lane in for uh, out Gavin White in today. What was the thinking there?
2: It was just about freshening it up really, and um, and trying to get you know, fresh legs on the pitch. I think Gavin has been very very sharp when he's when he's come in. He came very sharp against Bolton when he came on. Uh, I thought that he was, you know, he obviously scored the goal um, in the EFL Trophy, and then I think I thought of the substitutes he was the one that created the most uh, at the weekend. So just wanted to yeah freshen it up and um, yeah and, and see what we could get out of that.
1: Did you think? That goal was coming ten minutes from time. Uh, what well, the a, a winner ten minutes from time when it was one all. Yeah,
2: I thought a winner was coming out, and we had we had a couple of goal goalmouth scrambles, some uh, some really good chances. We have got ourselves in good positions. Christian dragged a shot uh, just wide. Uh, so yeah, we, to be honest, we've got to do better in in those um, in those areas, and we, we do have to put the ball in the back of the net because these games are, are tough. Sometimes they're really tight for 60, 70 minutes. And you don't create a huge amount, and, and all of a sudden players get tired, and things change, and the emotion of the game, uh, you know, the state of the game changes, and and those are the times when we have to. Be a lot better.
1: You haven't had too much adversity this season. You bounced back well from the Blackpool game. I guess this is another test for, for you and, and everyone.
2: Yeah, another big test for, for the boys. After the Blackpool game, we went away to Burton. We had a real sort of tough game on our hands there. And, and again, we're going to have to go away to Exeter on uh, Friday, and it's going to be a huge game. It's, every game for us is, is huge at the moment, but the next two in particular, because we haven't really earned the right to do anything but go and win them, we've got to make sure that we uh, you know, that we do that.
3: The post-match assessment there of John Massinio speaking to Andy Moon on the touchline after the Boxing Day defeat to Bristol Rovers. Um, highlighting within that interview, Kirsty, uh, the decision to take Paddy Lane out of the side um, on on Tuesday. Gavin White starting... In his place, of course, Paddy Lane did come on as a sub in the second half and ended up scoring what at the time was an equaliser for Pompey. Ending up being uh, the only goal, of course, in that two-one defeat. Giovacino describes it as freshening it up. Um, a lot of games in a, a very short period of time. Would that be a fair assessment as to why Paddy Lane was dropped out of the side? Because other than that, I can't see any other reason why.
4: Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it made a, like a big difference. If anything, it made it. Worse, yeah. um as soon as lane and Yengi came on the atmosphere changed the game changed there was fast pace and they even bought a sub on number 42 I can't remember his name but they brought him on literally to defend lane so then lane had two defenders on him because they could see him as a threat because he just kept going um the performances from white recently personally i don't think that he should be in a starting 11 i'm not sure whether they put White on to start to maybe because obviously he normally comes on about the 70th, 80th minute to change it round the other way but the way that Lane and Yengi were left off way too long was just when the first time they came on there was not much of an impact they could make which obviously they did make an impact but yeah. not as much as we needed to make to win that game so I don't think it personally was the best decision I think Lane should be starting.
3: Right, Kirsty, thank you. It is time now for a very quick break, but in just a few moments, we'll continue with our review of Tuesday's defeat at the Memorial Stadium and begin to move on from that to look ahead to Pompey's next league fixture. That's all to come, as well as much more when the Football Hour returns after this.
0: This is the Football Hour on Express FM.
6: The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do. For those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5. Bundles of 5 day riders for the price of 4. And Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of 7. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com.
0: This is the Football Hour on Express FM.
3: Good evening and welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, supported this season by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now on your app app or app. Android device to load timetable information and to prepay for your ticket on Twitter Jeff Harris saying as much as the result was poor and we can critique the players we do need to stay with the side and help them get back on track on Friday night and of course on Monday during the matches but the levels need to go up from the team as it stands to where they were the thoughts there of Jeff Harris and if like Jeff you'd like to have your say this evening do not hesitate to pick up your phones and start typing we'd love to hear from you 81400 is our text number start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, otherwise include at expressfm on Twitter, head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, or of course you can reach us through the ExpressFM app, which you can find on the Apple app and Google Play stores. That is the best and easiest way to get in touch with us tonight tom malley kirsty roxanne alongside us here on the football hour tonight and tom um just really finalizing our talk on that bristol rovers game then on boxing day um the the manager of the gas uh, matt taylor not to be confused with that of shrewsbury town there are two matt taylors in this league um he described that game as one of which you know rovers were deserving of, of winning pompey were not on the top of their game pompey allowed bristol rovers too much time on the ball however if we think it, it's all doom and gloom and that it's only Bristol Rovers, they have now beaten both Bolton and Pompey within the last month or two. And also, of course, the opening day of the season, it was a one-all draw between Pompey and Bristol Rovers at Fratton Park. They are a, d- a difficult t- a side to play against, particularly if you are challenging for a promotion, as Bolton have found out this season. Um, but Matt Taylor insists that both Pompey and Bolton will be promoted by the end of it. And you get these freak results, don't you, um, over the course of a season um, against sides who, no disrespect, to Bristol Rovers you don't expect them to be up the top ends of the table fighting for promotion to the championship but it's you can't panic too much can you unless of course it goes awry tomorrow as well
5: no you can't and you, yeah you will get these not so much freak results but the the unexpected results I'd say um, every now and then and you know I think Bolton lost after we beat them as well or, or near enough around the same time so you know they've already gone through a little bit of a a uh, a bit of a bad patch this month so um yeah it does happen um i think with regards to Matty taylor's comments yeah i think we are the the two most likely teams to go up um and we are still in the best position possible it's just when the when the points gap narrows from seven to four or five whatever it is now um panic starts to set in and as as i said earlier in the show you know we've all got ptsd from this we've we've been here multiple times before and i i i think that in in the the grand scheme of things this isn't we're not we're still in a really good position we are but I think when the, when that points gap narrows that's when the panic starts to set in and I think that's just exactly what's happened and if if we drop points again tomorrow and the scenes below us win uh it will just it will be exactly the same and get worse so yeah we, we are we are still in a good position and I firmly believe that and um I think along with Bolton yeah we are the two strongest sides in the division
3: this christmas new year hoodoo Kirsty? that pompey seemed to have every single season um dropping off between it's usually mid-december actually so it started off a little bit late if it is to be the case um between that sort of time and end of january um Why is this season different in your opinion? Why do you think that, if you do think, of course, not putting words in your mouth, but (laughs) if you do think that this this is different, why is it different? Is there a different mentality around the side? Has John Bessigno got a different style to to Danny Cowley and Kenny Jackett to be able to put his team away from these defeats and and, and bounce back in in a different vein?
4: Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, when you look at the stats that we've had this season, I mean, coming from behind multiple, think of it, what was it, nine games we came from behind to win and the coming back after the Blackpool game to then get four games consecutive no goals conceded. I think when you look at those stats compared to previous seasons, you can you can't fault what John Massino's done and if obviously when we have Exeter tomorrow, if the scoreline is we get, either get a point or three points, at least we're still gaining those points and obviously it's it's just it's not nice this time of year, but I generally do believe with the depth of the squad and the techniques that John Massino is implying and just the way that the squad has been working together since the start of this season, that I don't I don't believe that we have to worry. That is going to be the same as those three other seasons that we've been here before.
3: Yeah. Luke Ellis on Twitter saying, I think our performances have dropped since Alex Robertson changed position into the number 10 role. Massino can't keep playing Packer, and Morel, and Robbo uh, as that midfield three as it doesn't work. Can't be dropping Paddy Lane either. Uh, this is the first time, says Luke, that John Massino is in a tricky situation as a manager. Hopefully he can steer us through it. And Tom, that's a comment I'd like to question you on now. Alex Robertson has been playing in that sort of number 10 role in behind the striker over the course of the past few weeks would it be fair to say that his performances have dropped since moving position do you think he would benefit from going back into a, a deeper role and, and if so how would you change things up there
5: i would put robertson back in that central midfield role for sure his performances uh prior to fleetwood over the past month were nothing short of probably the best um from any player all season and i i I think, I'm think i hoping Misenio was seen after the past two games that that is where he's at his best. Um, Fleetwood, he he may have thought, OK, not your best performance, but we'll give you another shot at Bristol Rovers. Now I'm hoping after the Bristol Rovers game, he's probably thinking that's enough now. Revert back to what we were at before. Um, and I'm sure every other Pompers fan does because Robertson was unplayable. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he definitely needs to go back into that midfield role, but that's ultimately down to Misenio.
3: Um looking ahead to Exeter then we're going to I think we're going to drift away from that Bristol Rovers gamecast yeah. it's uh, Putting us on a bit <laughs> of a downer uh, but uh, just going through a couple more um, text tweets and emails Mike and Haven't said I agree with most of the previous texts saying we uh, must stay with the team against Bolton the atmosphere was electric and against Fleetwood not so much but fans can drive this team over the line if we just keep our nerve. Um, John Bersenio, who we're going to hear, for, hear from again in part three of tonight's show, speaking to Henry Deacon, highlights you know, the importance of this festive period and games coming thick and fast. You know, Fleetwood on Saturday, uh, Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day, Exeter tomorrow, medical, Stevenage at home on New Year's Day. Particularly when you are in a bad run of form, you just want these games to come quick, uh, thick and fast, I, I suppose, don't you? So you can try and really get over the last one.
4: Yeah, I, I think that's the best thing. But I also believe that our, our team is like fit and well. And I know that injuries are always prime of Portsmouth. But I think having having this festive period where games are quite a lot, it I, I, it brings a bit of thrill as well because the league can change so much. Because you, you can win on that Tuesday, then you can lose on that Friday. And I think the whole league can change so much, which is why it makes it so exciting. But obviously, for us personally, this is like the time to get three points this side of the year. As soon as the new year comes around, another three points. and then we're back up ahead of Peterborough with that safety cushion that we don't need to stress so much going into the fully new year. Mm.
3: Right then, enough on that Boxing Day defeat of Bristol Rovers, on to the next one. Let's park that and move on to Pompey's final game of 2023. The Blues will be looking to end the year with a victory after two league matches and three in all competitions without a win. Exeter City hosts John Bersinio's side at St James's Park this Friday night and Kirsty has more on the Grecians.
4: After disappointing defeat away at Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day, attention now turns to the final match of 2023. Exeter City await at St James' Park as the Blues bid to get back to winning ways and end the year in style. Pompey
0: live this week's opposition.
4: Pompey were victorious by one goal to nil in the reverse fixture at home to the Griesians back in August, thanks to a 70th minute goal from none other than Colby Bishop. Last time out between these two sides on Exeter's home turf, a goalless draw was played out on Boxing Day last year. Let's look into them in a bit more detail now, starting with the gaffer. Manager. 41-year-old Gary Caldwell is currently the manager of Exeter City. The former Coventry City, Celtic and Wigan Athletic centre-half took charge of the side last October and led them to a 14th place finish in League One. Since then, Caldwell has overseen 63 competitive matches, 19 of which have been victories, with 13 draws and 31 defeats in their two. The Scotsman turned his hand to management in 2015 after retiring from playing and has so far had roles in the dugout, former side Wigan, as well as Chesterfield and Patrick Thistle.
0: One to watch.
4: Scottish winger Jack Ashton has burst into this extra side this season and has been tagged as our one to watch on this occasion. The 23-year-old who has represented Scotland at youth level all the way from under-15s to under-19s will be the player in red and white wearing the number 29 shirt. Ashton has played over 1,200 minutes in the league this season across 17 appearances scoring one goal. Top scorer. Midfielder Ryan Trevitt is currently Exeter's leading league scorer, having bagged three goals since the start of the campaign. The 20-year-old arrived online from Premier League outfit Brentford in July, and as well as his three league strikes, also scored twice in the Carabao Cup round of 16, defeat to Middlesbrough on Halloween. Trevitt is rated highly in West London and that was confirmed at the end of last season when he was given the Mary Halder Award following a promising season with the Young Beats. That award is handed to the player in the B team, who displays a fantastic attitude and shows professionalism whilst adhering to the club's values and, of course, performing well on the pitch too. The youngster did not feature on Boxing Day, though, as he was withdrawn due to injury in the 13th minute against Cambridge United last Friday night.
0: Current form.
4: The Grecians occupy 20th position in League One and are three points clear of the relegation zone with a game in hand on Reading in 21st. Last time out on Boxing Day, Gary Caldwell's side managed a 1-0 win at home to Wickham Wanderers, Exeter's first league victory since the 16th of September. That win over the Robins 15 league matches ago had taken Exeter to the top of the table at the top. The Grecians have collected five points in their last five league matches, having secured that sole victory, as well as seeing out two draws and suffering two defeats. Can the Blues see out the year with a victory when they take on Exeter at St. James's Park for the final game of 2023? All of the admissible action on Pompey Live
3: more there on exeter city with pre-recorded kirsten roxanne We've got live kirsten roxanne in the studio tonight um not not a long journey tomorrow but not the easiest journey either on a friday night uh, in between christmas and new year exeter away um what are your thoughts ahead of that one of course we need a need a response from the boxing day defeat but how does pompey get it what needs to change in your opinion
4: lane needs to start mm. and to be honest i Going back to Bristol, sorry, don't mean to. But I like the way how um, Yengi got bought on and Colby stayed on. That is what us as fans have been wanting for so long, to see a two up front, which we haven't seen yet. And that was like... It just brought a new sense because it was like the the back four didn't know what to do because they suddenly had Lane coming down this side and then they had Yengi and Bishop in the middle and they looked a bit like they were scrambling for... Like quite a few minutes so I think if we can do that before we obviously lose Yangi to the Asia Cup for like however long he's going, before that I think that would bring such a nice like thrill and excitement that Exeter probably won't be expecting if they've looked at the way that we play our games and stuff, that they won't be expecting that and that could really tear down their back line.
3: Yeah. Um, Exeter tomorrow then Tom, we've just heard more from Kirsty there about what they're like. Um, they hadn't won a league game prior to Boxing Day since 16th of September, 13 league matches without a win. That win in September had put Exeter top of the league. They're now down in 20th position. Um, They won on Boxing Day at home to Wickham Wanderers. Do you think that was... uh, A good time from Pompey's perspective, Tom, for X to get that win. They got it over and done with. Now, now we can just go back to losing ways against Pompey, hopefully. Or do you think that now they are back to winning ways? Even if it is just one match, they'll have that momentum behind them to want to go ahead. And you know what? We've got the league leaders tomorrow night. They've just lost on Boxing Day themselves. We've won. Do you think they'll have more of the ascendancy?
5: Yeah, definitely. And Wickham aren't a bad team to beat either. So um, knowing that they can they can beat a team higher up in the table. Uh, on their own patch is certainly going to give them plenty of confidence and even more so knowing that we lost and haven't won uh in our last two games so yeah they're they'll they'll definitely be confident 100 percent and it's um yeah not a great time for us to be heading there but you know they are they are where they are um because that's you know the table doesn't lie as they say so i'm just hoping that we uh we we can put the past two games behind us, and we still got enough to go out and beat this side. We beat them narrowly, and at the start of the season, I remember. But I don't. I don't think, extra quite as strong as they were back then. I think they've lost their way quite clearly. So, yeah, um, hopefully we can we can get an early goal, um, put them in their place, I guess, and um, just get the three points for sure. Throwing back to last
3: season, it was actually Boxing Day. Pompey took on Exeter City away from home in 2022-2023. It ended nil-nil between Pompey and the Grecians, so hopefully a more positive result um, tomorrow. Kirsty, going back to your comments about um, Colby Bishop and Kusini-Yengi. As we all know, this season and under John massino prefers uh, one up top um, with of course the to stroke on the bench however you rightfully alluded to Cassini Yengi after tomorrow's game will not be available for Pompey for up to a month and a half potentially depending on how far of course Australia get in the Asia Cup that kick starts um, in the first week of January the final of that is on February the 10th but Cassini Yengi could be back for the trip to Port Vale on the 27th of January if Australia do not get out of their group, which is very unlikely, <laughs> would this be an opportunity, in your opinion, with cassini Yengi off on international duty, um, and Pompey unable to do anything about it, to go for two up top, put Yengi up top with Bishop and see how it works without one game, to see if Pompey can get back to winning ways and have that more of an, more of an attack and threat? Because we won't be able to do it after tomorrow.
4: Exactly, which is why I think why not. I think he did it against Bristol so for 20 odd minutes so why won't he do it against Exeter like, even if it's not for obviously the whole game but two up front could work it could really scare the defence and obviously then if it does work we've then just got to sit tight and wait for <laughs> Yangi then come back to try it again sounds or, easy Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, or obviously then another striker in, in the January transfer window gets brought in um, because obviously I know there's been a lot of controversy with um, Bishop coming back into the side after injury and then since he's been back in we've not had the best performances and when Yengi was in the side against bolton obviously he put in proper work and the bolton fans were even like who is this guy because no one realistically no one knows who cassini Yengi is he's come over from australia and then like teams and fans know who bishop is they know his game plan so I think that's what made makes Yengi so exciting. It's like, who is this guy? Because the vendors haven't watched him play. They don't know what he's like. So it just creates that whole more excitement around it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom, 4-0 uh, Russell, all over at Tom Chapel, uh, having his say after the Boxing Day defeat, saying, so important not to lose sight of the fact that this Pompey side are bang on halfway through the season now, having lost just two games out of 23. It's because of the incredibly high standards that this squad has set itself, that every single setback prompts... A reaction we go again says tom chapel and i love that phrase go we go again um dave in response to that has said that champions do not take one point off of bristol rovers and uh, i really really like the comment in reply to that from sean <laughs> saying that pompey only took one point from crew 2016-17 and as we know pompey were champions of league two that year, so yeah it doesn't matter sometimes you get your bogey sides of course but um course of a season chris also responds to about saying plymouth lost to both lincoln and fleetwood last season and ended up winning league one um, <laughs> so yeah let's let's not dwell too much upon that boxing day defeat to bristol rovers and something now i'd like to highlight um tom before we do move on to the third and final part of this evening's show is that john massino has now completed the equivalent of a full season in charge of Portsmouth Football Club. 46 matches, 23 this season, 23 last season, um, uh, 46 matches, 24 wins, 16 draws. Um, and 71 goals scored, 39 against. That is 88 points, which, according to Dan Long on Twitter, would be enough for promotion automatically in 2019-20 and 2020-21, 20 and, 20, 20, and enough for playoffs in 2018-19, as well as the last two seasons. So 88 points is, of course, the equivalent to which Pompey achieved in 2018-19 under Kenny Jacket, the season with Ben Thompson, Matt Clark, Jamal Lowe, and uh, the campaign of which the Blues won the year. NFL trophy against Sunderland. So Tom, John it's It's clear to say he's had a fantastic impact at Pompey. Only five league defeats uh, during his tenure. Was this an appointment that not many expected to be as successful as it is and how much credit do we actually need to give John Massino?
5: Oh 100% no one was expecting it to be this successful. Um, even the most ardent Pompey fan for sure. Um, yeah he, he's done a really good job. I think I think the achievement is probably better for Messina rather than Portsmouth as a club. I think that record, uh, eighty-eight points in forty-six games that that he's been in charge should be the norm for this club. Um, I, you know that's where we should be at. But for him, you know, to come in and do that in his first job, I think yeah, he deserves special praise. And he, um, I think no one, no one wants to lose him now. I know there was a bit of uh, talk online of, of him potentially being a target for Plymouth or whatever, and, and, you know, the reaction from fans said it then, you know, we don't want him to leave. Um, And I'm really excited by what is still to come. I think if he can continue getting us out of mini blips or setbacks, um, he's got all the candidates to take us right the way up into the championship and who knows from there. Mm.
3: Okay then, we're going to continue with our preview of the Blues trip to Exeter City tomorrow night in the third and final part of the show When we return, we'll listen to Henry Deacon's pre-match interview with John Monsigno and we'll find out who the gaffer is talking about here.
2: He's going to have to go under the knife again unfortunately, to, just to repair an issue that he's got on the, on the other side of, of what he had last year, uh, which is yeah, there's a blow, it's definitely a blow because he's coming back to fitness, coming back into the side, I thought he was probably our best performer in the EFL Trophy game when he picked up the injury, so yeah, a real disappointment I think for us to 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 lose him the thoughts of the
3: Pompey boss as well as more from myself Kirsty and Tom when the football hour reaches its conclusion after the break
0: this is the football hour on Express FM
6: The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift, or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information.
0: This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes,
3: hello and welcome back for the last time this evening to the Football Hour, brought to you here on Express FM by stagecoach across the South, Kirsty Roxanne and Tom Malley here alongside me tonight up until 7 o'clock, which is when we've got nothing but great hits through until 9pm. Chas Byrne returns with his rock show from 9 through until 11 o'clock. That's all to come later this evening here on Express FM. But between now and 7, more of a preview of tomorrow night's trip to Exeter City, where Pompey take on the Grecians in match day number 24 of their League One campaign. Exactly halfway through the campaign now are the Blues. 14 wins, 7 draws and 2 defeats. 1 away from home and one at Fratton Park as well a goal difference of plus 20 Pompey have a 4 point buffer on Peterborough in 2nd and Bolton in 3rd so they will be top of the table heading into that New Year's Day clash with Stevenage who currently occupy 6th position in League 1 they could be up to 2nd by the time that game comes around but it would take quite a monumental effort to do so. Extra tomorrow then Kirsty and looking at their, their form, their record we know we heard from you before the break in regards to what they offer um, at home this season. Three wins, three draws, five defeats. Uh, They would be in the relegation zone. They're already in 20th now. They would be in 21st if games were only played at home. Uh, Away from home, three wins, one draw, seven defeats. So not much better, but they would be 17th based upon away form. So it's not a difficult place to go to, but of course they do head into the game with that confidence of that win on Boxing Day. Pompey themselves only one point collected over that Christmas period um, how much of really mentality is going to play a part tomorrow night rather than you know tactics and formations and you know team selection
4: yeah it's it's massively going to play a part and i think the fans are also going to play a massive part obviously extra fans are going to be absolutely buzzing from their first win since september so they're going to be getting behind their fans because they're going to be wanting to see a win again you never want to see your team lose and obviously for us as fans coming off the back run of one point from two games we're a bit more down in the dumps than they are so i think when we go to this extra game we need to as a lot of these tweets have said tonight we need to get behind the boys we need to be backing them up we need to be singing our hearts out to drown out the extra fans that are going to be more than merry to sing along and get behind their team because obviously they are fighting to get that cushion in from relegation mm. they're only three points safe that's that's not a lot so they're going to be fighting to get up to mid table whereas we need to be fighting to stay at the top
3: eight one four hundred um, you need to text this evening Pompey fans start your messages with word express you can email sport at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey live you have just under 15 minutes to get in touch with us this evening. Well, we've already heard from John Massinio on the show tonight, but we've got a double dosage of the Blues boss this evening. Earlier on, we heard his thoughts on the touchline shortly after the Boxing Day defeat to Bristol Rovers, but earlier this afternoon, he caught up with our very own Henry Deacon to look ahead to tomorrow night's trip to Exeter, Pompey's final match of 2023.
6: So John, for straight
5: and afternoon on Boxing Day, but I suppose one of the joys of the Christmas period is an opportunity straight away to put it right.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really nice, it's great for us to, to play games, and, and the fact that we, I think if we'd you know, won, drawn or lost, we'd want the same thing, you want that momentum when you win games to go in and play another game really quickly, and if you lose a game like we did on Tuesday, the best thing to do is to have another game really quickly to put everything right, and that's uh, the beauty of, of the sort of fixture um, schedule in England over this uh, Christmas period, and we get to do that on Friday, no time to dwell on it, we've got to dust ourselves off and go again and make sure that we perform, prop- uh, well, perform well. What's the energy been like on the training field, since? It's been great. The, the lads have responded really well. I think there's, um, there's always a realism around the group and they know exactly what's expected. And when they put themselves in this position so early in the season, obviously, whenever we go into any game, home or away, we, we do expect to, to go and put on a good performance and go and win the game. So there's, there's obviously disappointment after the game, but there's, there's plenty of energy, plenty of positivity coming into the, the training ground today and we're going to need that going into tomorrow. Exeter City next up. Got their first win in 13 on Boxing Day. What type of test do you think they're going to provide? Well, I think they've they've had a, a bad run, obviously, but earlier in the season, a side that was up at the top of the table. I think when we played them in the second or third week of the season, they were they were table toppers. So we know they're a, a decent side. They've got some good players in there. They've been a bit hampered by um, injuries and, and drops in form, but I think they're a threat. We we watched them at the, on on Tuesday and saw that I thought they were good value for their win against Wickham. They saved a penalty late on obviously to to get them the win but apart from that I thought they they did a very very good job of restricting Wickham to, to quite a few you know few chances and created quite a few themselves so definitely a side that um, we have to be wary of there's there's no point in looking at anything that we um or anything previous to the game on on Tuesday because if you looked at them from uh, the game on Boxing Day they, they definitely did look like a side that was struggling at all. In terms of team news how is everybody in terms of you know fitness and things like that? Yeah, no, uh, no changes on the injury front from the weekend. So everybody's come through the game with with a clean bill of health. Uh, no problems coming out. So we've got that um, that squad to pick from. Uh, the the short term injuries, or the you know the ones apart from those sort of ACLs, the short term injuries coming back are still aren't available. Tom Lowry, Conor Ogilvie, and, and Zach Swanson. But uh, apart from that, we've we've got a, you know a healthy enough squad to
5: pick from. Say so how is that? Because it's felt like every single time he's had an opportunity, something injury wise has kind of came back to hamper him.
2: Yeah, and he's, he's, um, he's going to have to go under the knife again, unfortunately, to just to repair an issue that he's got on the, on the other side of, of what he had last year, uh, which is, yeah, there's a blow. It's definitely a blow because he's coming back into, um, into fitness, coming back into the side. I thought he was probably our best performer in the EFL Trophy game um, when, he, when he picked up the injury. So, yeah, a real disappointment, I think, for us to, to lose him. In the middle of that Christmas period, how are you finding that fixture load at this present moment in time? It's obviously tough, there's, there's quite a few fixtures we've got these, these four fixtures back to back and a couple of them being away games there's always a long way to travel when you're down in Portsmouth and uh, that means that having those two away games on the 28th and the 20 uh, sorry the 26th and the 29th is a real is a real challenge. But we knew that was going to happen. There's there's no surprise at the start of the season. You've got 46 fixtures you've got to fulfil, and you know we have um, we're halfway through doing that. And to be honest, I think as as players and, and as coaches, and I know as fans as well, everybody does enjoy the football, and we've just got to make sure we, we deal with it and, and get on with it. John Massini
3: of Air preview in tomorrow's meeting with the Grecians at St James's Park, and a real real shame, Tom. To Hear that, Zach Swanson will be uh, facing the operating table again after a second groin injury this season. Of course, Joe Rafferty has been a stalwart in that position, uh, right back for Pompey. But that doesn't mean that Zach Swanson won't be missed. And for him, on a personal scale, this could be a massive blow as he tries to get his way back into his team.
5: Yeah, that's huge. That is huge, um, especially after I saw you know some people, myself included, looking to. To rotate and uh, would be ideal to see Swanson in, but you know, with that coming now, that's um, that's really not ideal. Um, yeah, whether that that will be interesting to see how that affects our January plans as well. Actually, going forward, but um, yeah, Zach's a great player, really good player. He's been unfortunate, I think, um, at times um, because whenever he's stood in for Rafty, in my opinion, he's always done a job and a good job at that. So yeah, this is this is going to hamper his progress for sure. Um, trying to stake a claim is, is our first choice right back. Looking elsewhere, then
3: Neil Allen from the Portsmouth News reporting that Pompey have been given the green light to continue the loans of Abu Kamara and Alex Robertson until the end of the season. Um, Kirsten, we were aware that these deals were likely to be till the end of the season anyway, but of course you do get to the New Year period and you do fear that the the parent clubs of these prospective loanees will crack the whip and and recall these players and potentially send them out on loan to teams in higher division if they're going to get more game time. I mean, that's not the case for Abu Kamara and Alex Robertson, of course. Um, but if they feel that their progression could be improved elsewhere, then they've got the ability to do that. But um, how big of a boost will it be to have both Abu Kamara and Alex Robertson available until the end of the campaign, without having to worry about another Ben Thompson-like situation?
4: Yeah, it's it's an absolute breath of fresh air because obviously they are part of the starting eleven. They are key key players. I mean, the way that Abu Kamara has just transformed since his first ever game for us where I was a bit like oh god he just hasn't got the confidence to now the way that he controls the ball the way he runs up that wing the way that he just works through sparks and I just think it's it's an absolute gorgeous he's yeah, he's really transformed this lovely player, and obviously Robertson, like no no one's got a bad word to say about him at the moment. And I think it does help with all the comments on the Man City Twitter saying that he's been absolutely rubbish for us. That might have helped us <laughs> keep <escape. laughs> might have helped of him staying until the end of the season.
3: Yeah, if anyone from Man City is listening to the football hour for whatever reason, he's he's not that good. Just let us, <laughs> let us keep him. Um looking ahead to tomorrow then, Tom, we've spoken in detail about the likes of Cassini Yengi, uh, Colby Bishop, of course, Zach Sponson there. On Unfortunately, not going to be available as he heads uh, to the operating table. Hopefully, Anthony Scully uh, could be fit again for Pompey. He's back from injury now. Tino Andrim, um, we expect to be back by now within the last week or so. Still haven't seen him, Tom Lowry, suffering with another injury. But the big talking point at the start of the show, Tom, was Alex Robertson himself. And whether or not he should continue in that number 10 role. If you're the gaffer, Tom, for tomorrow's trip to Exeter... What does your midfield look like? I know you said earlier you'd bring Robertson in um, into that sort of deeper role, but who drops out? Is it Marlon Pack? Is it Joe Morel? Who starts at number 10? Who even starts up top with Cassini of course, this being his last game?
5: I've literally just been going over this in my head of who I would <laughs> rather drop out of Pack and Morel, and it's a really tough one. Um, should, yeah, should Robertson move back into, into the midfield role? Um, for starters, I think that... Uh senior should do it no matter what for sure um like i said the hardest thing is just deciding who to drop um sadie can always fit into that number 10 obviously but then he's at the expense of that you're dropping one of paca morel so um to be honest i think i think it's worth the risk not even a risk we know how well it works but i think he should definitely revert back um because we've we've, we've we can see what robertson does in that position and if we're looking to avoid a match without another three points, and I think you've got to go back to you, to what you know works best. So it, it makes sense to me. And
3: Kirsty, you said earlier on, Cassini Engin, Colby Bishop would be an exciting partnership for you at Exeter tomorrow. So a, a similar sort of question, I guess, who would then be dropped out of the team from Monday's? No, Tuesdays. Keep saying Monday. Days between Christmas, and New Year again <laughs> on my nerves. Um, from a Boxing Day defeat to Bristol Rovers, who drops out of the side if that, of course, does happen?
4: Um, if we're dropping Alex Robertson back then I would say Morel. Just because I think Pax a pure leader and I think that we did miss him when he wasn't there. Whereas I think for one game, Morel can, Morel can set out, drop Alex, and Robert, Alex Robertson's back and then have Yankee and Bishop up front
3: lovely stuff. Right, score prediction time then Pompey away, addicts to City. It's the final match of 2023 for the Blues before we head into 2024 which hopefully for Pompey will be a promotion season. Starting on the emails, Mark is going for a 2-1 Blues win. Uh, Paul over on Facebook says one or draw. Steve is going for a 1-0 Pompey win and over on Twitter, Rachel thinks this is going to be a very close very nervy 1-0 victory for Pompey so a couple of victories within those score predictions but none of them seemingly very confident <laughs> um, I'm going to throw this now to our two guests Kirsty Roxanne, Pompey away at Exeter we all know we've got to bounce back we've got to get that win we've got to win every match really haven't we but what's your score prediction will the Blues do it will they get back to winning ways will they start to build that momentum again
4: depending on the start at 11 I want to say 2-0 a header from Sean Raggett coming from across from Sparks and then a goal from Yengi
3: I mean, I wasn't expecting it that specific, but I, I like it. <laughs> Kirsty, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you on the Football Hour this evening. Uh, have a great rest of your evening, and I will see you tomorrow afternoon, actually, because you're driving us to Exeter.
4: I am indeed. Yeah. Thanks very much. See you tomorrow.
3: <laughs> no problem at all. And uh, Tom Malley, please, your score prediction, please. Pompey away at the Grecians, final game of 2023. Will they end it um, in a better vein than they did start this year uh, with a 2-0 defeat to Charlton?
5: Yeah, I think we will, and I think it's going to be that same scoreline again. But on the on the positive side, I think we'll be I think we'll be x two 0
3: two 0 victory for Pompey. Says Tom.
5: Tom, thank you very much. Likewise to you.
3: Have a great rest of your evening. I doubt we're going to uh, catch up between now and the new year. So have a great weekend. Enjoy your New year celebrations, and hopefully we'll get you on the show even more in 2024.
5: Yes, mate, definitely. Thanks for having me back on and uh, yeah, see you in the new year.
3: Always a pleasure. Tom Malley, Kirsty Roxanne, thank you both ever so much for joining us here on the Football Hour tonight. Thank you to everyone who tuned in as well, got involved on the text tweets and the emails as well. Then, right then, the final match of 2023 is just around the corner for Pompey. Exeter City, await the Blues at St James's Park where Portsmouth will be hoping to end the year much better than they did started, of course. In fact, 2-0 defeat on home soil to Charlton Athletic on January the second, which turned out to be Danny Cowley's last game in charge of Portsmouth Football Club. Fortunes have changed quite dramatically since then. Of course, Pompey top of League One, four points clear. If they can extend their lead to second place, Peterborough with a win tomorrow, and of course results elsewhere. You can join us for it here on Express FM from seven o'clock.
6: All the unmissable action.
0: This is. Pompey Live. Portsmouth's unbeaten away record in the league came to an end in dramatic fashion on Boxing Day. And it's going to be put in, and Bristol Rovers have won it in the dying second. Next up, the Blues continue on their travels to the West Country as they take on Exeter. Join us for all of the unmissable action Friday evening from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars yep that's right seven o'clock
3: pompey live returns to the airwaves tomorrow evening for pompey's final match of 2023 it's a 7:45 kickoff at st james's park and you can hear myself robbie james and kirsty roxanne with all of the pre-match build-up halftime analysis and post-game reaction commentary of course to come in between from andy moon and guy whittigan there is a full host of League One fixtures tomorrow evening. Wigan Athletic are at home to Carlisle United at 7 o'clock, and there are 7.45 kickoffs in the other 11 games, including Bristol Rovers hosting Charlton Athletic, Burton Albion taken on Shrewsbury Town, Reading travel to Cheltenham, Fleetwood host Bolton, Leighton Orient home to Wickham Wanderers, is Lincoln City versus Northampton Town, Oxford United against Derby County, Peterborough play host to Barnsley, at london road port of against blackpool and stevenage versus cambridge and of course exeter city versus pompey at 7 45 right here on Express FM this evening chas burns rock show will be with you from 9 through until 11 which is when ryan cable takes over with express hits through to the early hours of friday morning of course this is A different schedule to your normal week. It is that really weird period between Christmas and New Year. Pompey Live returns Friday evening from 7. And the Football Hour returns New Year's Eve from 6 o'clock. I look forward to that one. And thank you very much for tuning in. Until next time, Blues fans, take care
1: and good night.